Amelia blinked as her eyes adjusted to the murk of this chamber with its single window. Her eyes lingered on the star charts and sigils scribed on virgin parchment and pinned to the ancient wainscoting. The room was sweltering, for a fire blazed beneath a bubbling still. The astrologer appeared absorbed in casting various herbs into the strong water, their essential oils marrying in a fragrant alchemical dance that left her reeling. To calm her nerves, she examined Dr. Foreman's bookshelf. Apart from his prominently displayed Geneva Bible, most of his texts were Latin. Alcabitius's treatise on the conjunctions of the planets and Gilbertus Anglicus's rules for testing a patient's urine. She smiled to see Philosophia Magna by the great Paracelsus, a book she knew well but hadn't had the opportunity to read in years. Opening the pages, she whispered the Latin words in an incantation, for Paracelsus's hermetical ideal fascinated her. Nature was the macrocosm, humanity the microcosm. Everything in the universe was interdependent, like the interlocking parts inside a clock, everything moving together in divine harmony. Madam reads Latin. With a start, Amelia turned to the astrologer, who had appeared at her side, sweating inside his black physician's robes. When he took the book from her, she couldn't resist selecting another tome, one with Hebrew letters on its spine. Though she poured through the pages, the incomprehensible letters did not yield their secrets. But Madam does not read Hebrew, the astrologer concluded, snatching that book from her as well. It's purported to be a Kabbalist text, though I confess I can't decipher the thing. A sailor from Antwerp gave it to me, in exchange for his star chart, since he'd no other method of payment. Now, what can I do for you, madam? Dr. Foreman steered her away from his books and offered her a chair, then seated himself before her, far too close for her comfort, their knees almost touching. The man's fame as an astrologer was equally matched by his notoriety as a seducer of women. Amelia cast a glance at Winifred, who took up position beside her chair and glowered at Dr. Foreman, as though prepared to brain him with one of his own specimen jars if he presumed to take liberties with her mistress. Dr. Foreman cleared his throat and moved his chair a few inches back, allowing Amelia to breathe more freely. Master Foreman, she said, I would have you cast two charts for me, one for my past and one for my future. My services do not come cheap, good mistress. What's your income? The astrologer appeared to study her intently, as if trying to deduce her rank and station from her taffeta gown and the lace and pearls at her throat. Forty pounds a year, she said. Hardly a princely sum. I'm rich enough to the man who married me, she said tartly. Her show of temper seemed to intrigue the astrologer. Perhaps he imagined that a woman with a grudge against her husband would prove an easy conquest. What's your name, madam? The astrologer began to scribble notes in a small black book. Amelia Bassano Lanier. She spoke her name with dignity, 
but braced herself for the astrologer's reaction, the sly innuendo and surmising she had come to expect. The astrologer remained bent over his notebook. And where do you reside? Longditch, Westminster. He raised his eyebrows. A most prestigious district. So close to court. Amelia said nothing. Now tell me how you came to receive the income of forty pounds a year. Is this your inheritance? She looked at the astrologer wonderingly and struggled not to laugh. Was there truly a soul left in London who didn't know her history?